If you've ever been a part of anything, from school to a new job, going to camp, maybe something having to do with uh, learning to drive, you have had at some point in your life to go through orientation. How many have ever been through any kind of orientation? And there's nothing more tedious than orientation. And uh, you, you go, you sit, and what's great about most orientations is that the person up front doesn't want to be there any more than you do. And uh, so it just makes it that much more exciting. By the way, we had a, we had a, the head flight attendant last night was a riot and uh, you know most of the time they they go through those speeches and you you got to memorize and you can say it right along with them she was throwing in her editorial comments and it was so for example she said um, she's going through the spiel about you know if the air pressure in the cabin drops and the bags come down and usually they say you know put it over your head and breathe normal and uh, she said now they tell us to say put it over your head and breathe normal but let me tell you if the air pressure in the cabin drops you're going to breathe like you've never breathed before in your life. And uh, yeah, that's true. And But the funniest thing she said was at the very end, after she'd had us laughing the whole flight with her just little editorial comments, we pull up. And you know, when you pull up to the terminal, they're always, you know, uh, please wait till the captain shuts off the, you know, welcome to New York, the temperature and the whole thing. Pulls up, comes to a stop, and she goes, all right, get out. <laughs> and the whole plane did what you just did. It was great. So, But you go to an orientation and the person up front doesn't want to be there any more than you do. And you sit there. And, now, I don't know about you. If, if i got to be there, I want to get from it what they want me to get. I don't care if it's a, it's a safety uh, clinic for work or what it is or whether you're learning a new job. I want to get it. I want to learn. So I'm there. You know, I'm the geek that's listening and taking notes, and I was early and all that. And there's always somebody at every kind of orientation that uh, they come in late, and uh, they're not paying attention, and they're goofing around, you know, chewing gum, looking out the window, and distracting everybody. But that's the same person that once the job starts or once the event starts, they're not ready for anything. And they come to you and they say, do you know what this form is for? They didn't tell us about this. So now all of a sudden it's my burden because they weren't listening. So I, if you couldn't listen in orientation, then I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'll help you if I got time, but I probably don't got time. So I'm, yeah, I don't know what that form is for. Good luck. God bless you. <laughs> hey, I was listening and nowhere in my job description was it help this doofus that couldn't pay attention. Orientation matters. It helps you get through it, whatever it is. Hey, if you got to go through it, go through it right. Know what's going on. Know what the rules are. Know what the procedure is. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to ask everybody in this room to pretend that you just got saved yesterday. Can you, can you reprogram your mind for a little bit and pretend that yesterday somebody came to your door Ask you if you know today that if you died, you'd go to heaven and the spirit of God got a hold of your heart and you listened and you said, wow, I need Jesus Christ. And you realized you were a sinner. You realized Jesus died for your sins. And when they said, would you like to take Jesus? They didn't even finish the question. And you said, yes. 
and you trusted Christ as your Savior, and you came to church today, and you're here, and you're seeing this this uh, face for the first time, and uh, this is all new to you. You just got saved yesterday, and this is your orientation to Christianity. And I'm going to take you for orientation this morning for a couple of minutes to Titus chapter 2 and these two verses, verses 13 and 14. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. I want to tell you as a new believer, because you just got saved yesterday, don't forget. As a new believer, I want to introduce you to three words that are going to summarize Everything that God wants to do in your life. Three words. The first word is justification. Say that with me. Ready? Justification. Second word is sanctification. Say that with me. Ready? Sanctification. Third word, glorification. Say that with me. Ready? Glorification. All right. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to ask you to say all three with me, but I'll say it first. Justification, sanctification, glorification. Say them with me. Ready? Justification, sanctification, glorification. Very good. You're doing great for somebody who just got saved yesterday. Great job. I gave them to you in the order in which they always occur. They always occur in that order. Justification, sanctification, glorification. One, two, three. They always always occur in that order. Impossible for them to occur in any other order. Justification, sanctification, glorification. But for some reason that is important to God, and I think I understand it, they are presented to us in Titus 2, verses 13 and 14, in a different order. Instead of 1, 2, 3, they are presented to us 3, 1, 2. In these two verses, he first tells us about glorification. Then he tells us about justification. And then he explains to us about sanctification. And I think I know why. I think he's making the presentation. All right, this is where we're going. And this is how we began. So now this is where we are. The order in Titus 2, 13 and 14... Three, one, two. So the order that, the chronological order which it must always happen, now that you've been saved, and you just got saved yesterday, and and what happened to you yesterday was you were justified. And the person who told you about how to be justified, they probably didn't say justified, they probably said saved. But you were justified yesterday. And the reason that you became justified yesterday is because someday you're going to be glorified. So justification happened yesterday. Glorification will happen someday when you get to heaven. And that's probably the guy that spoke to you yesterday. That's probably all he told you about. He probably started by talking about number three. He, he probably started by asking you something like this. Are you 100% sure that when you die, 
you go to heaven. How many of you that got saved yesterday, that's how the conversation began? And you're not sure, are you? Uh, so, but, but you got saved yesterday, and the guy said to you, if you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? He began with number three. And he took you from number three to number two. I'm sorry, number one, I'm pointing over there. Number one, which is justification. Let me tell you how to know for sure you're going to heaven. And most soul winners, and this is not their fault, this is, this, is, this is their job. This is what we do. You ask somebody if they're going to heaven, you tell them how to be justified. So you deal, just like Paul did here, you deal with three, then one, and you're never introduced to, number, to, to, to step number two. And that's my job here in orientation. So here in orientation, I'm going the same order that the soul winner did yesterday and I'm going the same order that Paul does in Titus chapter 2. I'm going to start by talking about step number three then I'm going to go to step number one and then we're going to focus on step number two. Glorification is what God will do for you when you get to heaven. You're going to have the same body that Jesus Christ had after he rose from the dead. The same body, isn't this great? The same body that was there one minute and gone the next. Your body, your glorified body will have the ability to vanish. How do you know that? Because that's what Jesus' body had when he was risen from the dead. Your glorified body will have what we think of as supernatural abilities, but they'll just be natural in your glorified body. Won't that be great? There'll be no ladders in heaven. Amen? <laughs> Let me just whoop up there and get that. I'll be right back. I'm guessing there'll be no airplanes. Oh, I hate this thought. I, I want to believe that there'll be a reason for cars. Don't you? I, especially you men. You want to, except they won't break down there. Amen? But, and they'll all have sunroofs and satellite radio. But anyway, but there'll be no need for things. Maybe we'll just have them in the new heaven and new earth as a luxury, I hope, just for fun. I don't know, but then you're riding one and somebody's going, you're still right. You're... <laughs> You're still driving a, a BMW? What's the matter with you? <laughs> get, get with the program. That's so, that's so 2000 anything. <laughs> Glorification. That's, that's what's coming. Folks, don't miss how awesome your future is. We, we got some great stuff waiting for us. Your glorified body, your glorified life is going to be awesome. Glorification. And it's all possible because of what happened to you yesterday. Justification. What is? Well, I'm not going to preach the whole message on justification this morning, but let's put it this way. Justification is God doing all the legal work. You know, you got the salesman that's selling you the car or or the the realtor that's selling you the house. And no salesman and no realtor ever mentions the paperwork, you know, because that's after you've made the sale and after they've made the sale and after the connection is made, and then here comes the paperwork. And I'll never forget signing. We've only bought one house and, and signing all the papers for that and the lawyers telling us, you know, you got two copies 
you know, and you're going to keep one, he's going to take one, or somebody's going to take one, and you got to sign them both. And uh, I know I signed my name a thousand times that day, and my hand was, <laughs> you know, they handed me a key, and I couldn't take it because my hand was crippled after signing my name all those times. And justification, once you make the decision, I'm going to turn from my sins and trust Jesus, bang, you're justified, and God does all the paperwork. God takes care of all the legalities. In fact, he's already taken care of all the legalities even before yesterday. They were all taken care of. All you had to do was acknowledge your sinful condition and turn to Jesus and trust him. That's all you had to do. And justification was done. Bam, done. No follow-up phone calls that say, you, you missed one very important night. No, no, it's all done. You don't have to refinance on justification. <laughs> it's all done. That was yesterday. So now here we are today. Glorification is what God is going to do the moment you arrive in heaven, whether by death or by rapture. Justification is what happened yesterday, and it happened instantaneously. A lot of details on God's end, to say the least. But for you, it happened instantaneously. Justification, yesterday. Glorification, someday in the future. But today, sanctification. Sanctification is what God will be doing in you today, tomorrow, and every day for the rest of your life. And so from Titus chapter 2, and it may sound to you like, because I listen to a lot of preaching, it probably sounds to you right now like, you must have about 45 minutes to go. No, just a little bit to go here. But I want to give to you from the text, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. I want to tell you for the just a couple of minutes remaining, well, a couple, that's few, several minutes remaining, what it is God's doing in you right now, because I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to go out of orientation and be that guy doesn't doesn't know what's going on. So I want you all to get from the Scripture, what is God doing in your life right now? And if what you want God to do doesn't seem to be happening because all all we can think about is new house new car no problems more money new house new car no problems more money kill the people i hate these are the things that we god says no that's that's not what i'm doing in your life that's that's not what i'm doing in your life that's not where we're at and if you live your whole christian life and it's confusing to you It's because you weren't listening in orientation. See, well, I've never been through orientation. You're here now, so you better take it in. Be very careful about listening to descriptions of the Christian life from people who aren't fond of it. I remember one time somebody came to me and said, you know, I heard about about, uh, such and such. I'll go ahead and say, I heard about uh, Hiles Anderson College, and I just, this was, this, I don't know, 10 years ago. I heard about Hiles Anderson College, and I just, I just don't like what I'm hearing. Just, and I said, uh, well, who, who'd you hear it from? And they told me, I said, did he mention that he was expelled? 
No. Okay. Well, hopefully that puts a little better light on. You say, the Christian life just isn't all it's cracked up to be. Who told you that? <laughs> Some guy who hasn't prayed in years. Some guy who's, who has never won a soul to Christ. Some guy who never puts God first in his life. And no, I'm, hey, if you don't put God first in your life and you don't strive to serve the Lord and you don't have any hunger to be made holy and to be filled with the Spirit, the Christian life will never be what you think it's supposed to be because that's what God's trying to do in your life. And that's what I'm trying to tell you here in orientation. All right, we better get to it or, or this three-hour course is going to turn into four hours. No, it's not a three-hour course. All right. I want to give you from the text seven truths. Oh, seven. No, seven little truths. Seven little truths about what God is doing in your life every day right now. And in one word, the answer is sanctification. What is sanctification? Sanctification is the process of God making you like Jesus Christ. Bang, that's it. It's God making you like Jesus Christ. You can't do that for yourself. You can't make yourself like Jesus what you can do is yield to the process of sanctification. Say, where does holiness come in? Sanctification and holiness are almost the exact same thing. Sanctification is the process. Holiness is the product. When you have been made holy, you will be just like Jesus Christ. None of us will be made perfectly holy in this lifetime. There are those, there have been those throughout the history of the church, for example. I believe the Quakers believed that you could become 100% holy in this, in this lifetime. And in their doctrine, sanctification meant you never sin again. Well, I wish we could get there, but I don't believe at all the Bible teaches that. And I believe it's very easy to see in the Bible that the Bible does not teach that you can get to a place of sinless perfection. But we can, through the process of sanctification, get a whole lot less sinful than we are. Sanctification is the process. Holiness is the product. Holiness is the destination. Sanctification is the journey. All right? So there's sanctification, holiness. This is what God is trying to do in our lives. He's trying to make us more like Jesus Christ. With that in mind, seven truths from the text, and it'll go quickly. First of all, sanctification is why Jesus died. You say, wait, wait, wait a second. But I, th- I, th- I, think, I think he died for justification. He died for sanctification. He died for justification, sanctification, and glorification. But make no mistake, he died just as much for our sanctification as he did for our justification and our glorification. Look at verse 14. Who gave himself for us. Now, by the way, I never showed you this. I better show you this before we go any further. Verse 13 is glorification. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Justification is the first part of verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's justification. That's what happened to you yesterday. Because remember, you just got saved yesterday. All right. Sanctification is the second part of verse 14. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. That's sanctification, and that began today. It actually began yesterday, but today's a new day. It begins today. So you see all three mentioned right there. And Jesus gave himself just as much for your sanctification as he did for your justification. 
And shame on us if we get justified and then run and say, God, call me when glorification is ready to begin because I want to have some fun. He died just as much for your sanctification as he did for your justification. And you're a crook if all you do is get saved and then go and live like you want to live. We don't even have to have that discussion about, well, if a person tries to live any way, they, are they really? So we don't even have to have that conversation if they're really saved. You're a crook if you took salvation and now, now you just live like you want to live and call me when it's time to go to heaven. Jesus died just as much for your sanctification as he did for your justification. Second truth. I told you they'd go quick. Sanctification is inseparable from our redemption. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's justification. And purify unto himself and so forth. So, your redemption, what happened yesterday, is inseparable from the process that is going on inside of you right now. Sanctification. They are inseparable. Sanctification and redemption are inseparable. Third truth. Sanctification is Jesus making us clean. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify. God the Father through Jesus Christ is trying to make us clean. Now for for all of us, and we all have done it at some point. Where did the Bible say that you can't Where did the Bible say that you have to There's really only one word you need to know, or at least just one of several, and that's the word purify. God's trying to make us clean. The Bible never says, don't go to the movies and watch 50, what's that wicked movie from last year? I knew you'd knew it. Uh, that was a trap. That's a trick. I knew it because I'd heard it so much. Fifty Shades of Grey. That's it, right? Is that it? Okay. You know what the Bible never says you can't go to the movies and watch that? It must be okay. No, but it says that he died for us to redeem us and purify. Do you think going to the movies and seeing Fifty Shades of Grey fits into Purify? I use an extreme there because I've heard that's, a, that's a, an extremely foul movie. But take what you think is, eh, it's not so bad. It, it's pretty good. Okay. Does that fit into Purify? You don't have to answer to me. You and the, and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. And I'm, I'm really not trying to be a judge right here. I'm, I'm trying to help you deal honestly with God. Lord, show me if that fits in to purify. I, I'll come clean with you. There are times when I know so much that a certain thing I want to do doesn't that I'll just sort of tune them out. Pastor. Oh, and you don't. Yeah, when we know it doesn't fit in to purify, we have ways of ah, tuning out the Holy Spirit. 
that he might purify. Fourth truth. Sanctification is Jesus setting us apart to himself. Hey, that's what happened yesterday. Two young adults who have sought the will of God for their lives for years said, from this day forward, I belong to you and you belong to me. I love that. I love that. And it's a picture. Marriage is a picture of God setting us apart to himself. You better be sure he's set himself apart to us. He's setting us apart to himself. It says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself. That, to me, is what makes one of the things that makes holiness such a wonderful concept. I can't stand it when we use holiness as a bad word. Oh, son, we got to get all holy now. Now, there, there, there she goes, Miss, Miss Holy. Boy, I can't stand it when we use holy in such a bad. Holiness means God is setting you apart to himself. What an honor. What a privilege to be set apart to God. Sanctification is Jesus setting us apart to himself. Now, don't forget, I'm I'm using those words interchangeably because sanctification is the journey. Holiness is the destination. They are pretty much interchangeable. Number five, sanctification is Jesus making us different from the rest of the world. Who gave us uh, himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Why did I say it slow? Because I've always had a hard time pronouncing that word. Peculiar. A peculiar people. That and strategy. I've always, I, I, anyway, uh, a peculiar. Peculiar doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're a doofus. Peculiar means there's no, they're, they're unique. There, there's nobody like them. Can I ask you again, those who are all in, where did the Bible say? Did you go to hang it? Where did the Bible say? What is it about your life that causes people to say something different about him, something different about her? You don't have to answer to me. Can you answer that for God? What is it that you can say to God? I'm, I'm happy to be identified as belonging to you. Sanctification is Jesus making us different from the rest of the world. You know, if you just live a clean lifestyle, you're going to be different from the rest of the world. Young people, unmarried people, single people, if you just wait until you get married, if you don't move in with each other before you get married, you're going to be so different from the rest of the world. If you anymore, if, if you have a tattoo, I'm not attacking you whatsoever. I don't think this is a, I don't think it's a matter of sin or right and wrong, but I'll say this. If you keep your, your body just, just free and clean, you're going to, you're going to look different from everybody. How come you, how come you ain't got no, uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not getting on anybody. I'm just saying the, the more you strive to just live by the values that I guess we would call traditional values, you're going to be different from the world. 
Sanctification, number six, is performed in teamwork with other believers who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Hey, we're, we're in this, this is a team effort. We, we, we need each other. We, we are a team. He's, he, see, I can, I can have a, a falling out with Brother Freddie, and, of course, God takes my side because he likes me better. So, God, get him! Get him! He's such a, yeah, if I think he's a jerk, you must think he's a jerk. And God says, no, I'm trying to make you a part of that, a part of my people set apart to me, and I'm trying to make him part of that people too. And so we have a common interest here. So no, no matter how much I might not like him or he might not like me, it's in our best interest to try to figure out how to work together, a peculiar people. Number seven, sanctification puts in us a fire to serve him who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. If God is doing the work of sanctification in your life, you will have a fire. The word zealous associated with fire, a a zeal, a fire to serve the Lord. These are all products and things tied to sanctification. So we're in orientation today because you just got saved yesterday and you're going to go to heaven someday. What is God doing today and every day? He's doing this work of sanctification in your life and it's awesome. Now, uh, let me let me ask you, are you in? You say, "Yeah, that's That's what I want my life to be. I want God to take me to holiness, to make me like Jesus Christ. I'll say this, and this is something I use with my family often, to, just to remind us all. We have a God that just makes everything fall into place. He makes everything come together when you are living in covenant with him. Wait a second. It's not an easy life. It's not a perfect life. He just went, you, you, you sin, you keep coming back to him and say, Lord, I'm pleased by the blood of Christ. I, and you get right with him and you, you praise him even when you don't feel worthy and you live in covenant with him, you live in love with him, and he's just amazing the way he just makes things fall into place. I'll give you two quick examples. One little one, one big one. Here's the little one. I, I promise you, you ask my wife, I could give you a 10 that happened just on this trip. I'm going to give you two. First one. So we, I've been, uh, uh, I signed up for Avis Preferred probably 12 years ago. Avis Preferred is awesome because it allows you to, and I'm sure every rental place has a program similar to this, but it allows you when you go to an airport to just walk in. And, and if, you, if you're Avis Preferred, and everybody else has to go to the counter, but Avis Preferred, your name, depending on the airport, is on a list, and it tells you where your car is parked. You get in your car, and you drive away. And at the gate, they ask for some ID, just in case you thought, oh, good, I'll just go and get in anybody's car and drive away. No, they will ask you for ID. But Avis Preferred, there's, there's no lines. You go, okay, and it's great. And it's probably 12 years, I'm guessing, we've been a part of that. So... We land in Chicago, and um, I, had, I had reserved a car there to, to drive to the rehearsal. And as soon as we land, I turn my phone on. I get a text from Avis saying that the credit card tied to Avis Preferred for you has expired. 
you have to go to the desk. Oh, I got to go to the desk. I'm on crutches. I got to go to the desk. Because I went to the desk, however, we went to the desk, and the lady at the desk was totally up in arms. She, I mean, she was upset. You know, this person did wrong. This person messed up. Now we got no cars left. Oh, great. They have no cars left. And I gave my name. She goes, oh, yeah, you're the guy that's got to update your, so I give it to her. She goes, well, we got a problem. She's yelling at me. We got a problem. So what's the problem? She goes, we don't have any more of your standard cars in stock. We're going to have to give you a free upgrade. She said, this is never going to happen again. Don't expect it. Don't ask for it. But we have a, an Infinity or we have a BMW. No extra charge. I'll take the Beamer. It's okay with me. Oh, it's great. Now, I told you that was a little thing. It's a little thing, but it's just, it, but all because the number on Avis Preferred, the card had expired. We gave him a new card. Everything was great. And I drove away saying, thank you, Lord. You made this fall into place. This is awesome. This is wonderful. But let me give you a big one of things falling into place. I didn't, I, I didn't thought, hadn't thought this through. Until I'm sitting on the platform watching Pastor Wilkerson do the wedding yesterday. And all of a sudden it came together. I'm like, that is so cool. I walked onto the campus of Howells Anderson College in 1985, September. I was a freshman. I knew nobody except Jack Hiles, and he didn't know me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm walking on campus, and a guy walks up to me. It's the guy who preached here just two months ago, Tom Herzl. And he had been instructed by his bus captain, you got to sign up a bus worker today. I didn't know that. I just thought this guy was being nice. So he signs me up. I remember the spot. We're on our way to, to the John Rice dormitories, third floor. Suitcases in my hand. Tom Herzl was me, with me. And a guy comes walking out the door. And Tom says, this is our bus captain. Us, like. Like, now we're in something, you know. This is our bus captain. His name is John. And I said, all right. So I, fine. And I just decided to do whatever Tom told me to do. Good or bad, that was my decision. And I got in with both feet. I got in with my whole heart into that bus route. And my, my bus captain, John Francis, he was, he's two years older than me. He was a junior. I was a freshman. He went visiting with me. He taught me how to knock doors. He taught me how to bring people to church. He taught me how to fill up buses. My second year, they asked me to be a bus captain, so I was separated from him. But I just loved and respected him, and, and uh, he wound up becoming the bus director of the whole, of the whole bus ministry. But this is, this is it'll be uh, oh, 31 years ago, 31 years ago. And God leads me here I become pastor and uh 10 years ago 10 years ago we had a youth rally on a Friday night and brother Charlie Clark preached it and a number of our teenagers got saved that night Sunday after church Brian North came to me and said um pastor I don't I don't think I'm saved and I said, okay. So we went down to my office, and I showed him from the Bible how to know for sure that uh, he was saved. And he got saved in my office. He got baptized the next Sunday. He might have got baptized that night. I forget, but he got baptized afterwards. And 
Brian asked me to sing in his wedding, which I gladly did. They never put the pieces together. I mean, I knew who, who he was marrying, but he was marrying, he's ma- he married the daughter of the man who was my bus captain and who I've loved and admired and respected all these years. So I got to be at the marriage of my, my dear friend's oldest child yesterday because he was marrying somebody that I had the privilege to lead to Christ. And I'm sitting there on the platform, and I didn't dawn on me, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, you, you just, just these, these two details of my life, 20 years apart from each other, and you bring them all together, this is an awesome day. And it was an awesome day for all of us. It was wonderful. It was great. I ask you this. Don't you want to be a part of what God is doing, a God who brings things together so perfectly? Because I'm nothing special. He'll do that for all of his children if you let him do the work that he wants to do in your life, the work of sanctification. All right, orientation is over. We'll have a word of prayer. And you'll have a chance to tell the Lord if you want to sign up for this program. That It's mandatory. It's gonna ha- He's going to keep pushing it anyway. You might as well jump in and let him do the work of sanctification in your life. Father, I thank you so much.